We have over here this week, we have the Aseris Adibrois. This is Hashem. Looking forward to seeing everybody in Shul this week. So, um, I want to discuss one of the fundamentals, Beis Hashem, as we always say every week. You know, we just go through the basics, just the basics. So, here we have it, Rabbi Sai, Parshis Yisroi, Perechah, Posaches. Zoha es Yoimat Shabbos Lakadshoi. Next Pashtus, it means, Pashtup Shat, the art scroll would translate that to be, that the Rabbani Shalom created the world in six days. Um, get the whiskey. Okay. So, Rabbi Sarah, we have over here a Gavaldic Yisoid in Shabbos Kodesh. One of the Yisoidists of our Imuna rests in these Psukim, rests in this Yisoid of Shabbos Kodesh. The whole Yisoid of Imuna. So, I want to point out to you the Mordecai Arachayim HaKodesh. There's Arachayim HaKodesh over here. It's also found in Parshas Bereshis. We may have mentioned it, Shalashidis over there as well. But Al-Khoponim, the Arachayim over here says an incredible, incredible idea. He says like this, what is the Lashon of the Torah, for those of you that actually thought about it, Ki Sheishes Yomim. Shouldn't it have said Ki Sheishes Yomim? In six days, the Rabbi Shalom created the world and then rested on the seventh. What's Ki Sheishes Yomim? Says the Arachayim HaKadosh, an incredible idea. Says the Arachayim HaKadosh, you know what it means? It means as follows. It means that really the Rabbani Shalom created the world only for six days. It was only made to last six days. It had no way of lasting more than six days. It couldn't endure more than that. It was created for six days. Ki Sheishas Yomim, for six days. Came along Shabbos Kodesh, and Shabbos Kodesh was the cement. Shabbos Kodesh was the foundation that kept it going for another week. Says the Arachayim Kodesh, that's the pshat, why it doesn't say ki but In six days, Hashem created the world. Ki sheishas yomim. Asa Hashem asa shemayim That is what it means, says the Arachayim Kodesh, and that's what it understands. That Shabbos isn't just a day of rest. Isn't just a day that the Rabbi Yisham just stopped creating. Rather, it's the day that keeps the next, the following six days going. It cements the week ahead of it. Says the Gemara in Shabbos, Kufiyot Tesem base, that if a person makes Kiddush, what does the Gemara say? You become a Shutaf, you become a partner with the Rabbi Nishalaylam. Rabbi said, let me ask Akasha. What does that mean? I make Kiddush Friday night, I become a Shutaf with the Rabbi Nishalaylam in my separatious. What shaykhs do I have in my separatious? What is Pshat in the Gemara? What's Pshat and Chazal? When you make Kiddush Friday night, you become a Shotov in the Rabbani Shalom, as my separation is creating on the world. What does it mean? You know what it means? According to Arachim HaKadosh, it's beautiful. When a person makes Kiddush, he's Mekadosh as a Shabbos. He keeps that which the Shabbos represents. He's actually got a partner. He's becoming a hand together with my separation because by keeping Shabbos, the next six days can continue. The next six days of the world's existence depended on the previous Shabbos. Mimela, when a person keeps Shabbos, he becomes a shutav in the Rabbi Nishalaylam. But my separation. What an incredible, incredible idea. Somebody once came. It was the beginning. 
of World War II. And uh, the Nazis in Machshimon were approaching Eretz Yisrael. They weren't sure what to do. So they came to Abishlomika of uh, Zvil. And they asked him, what should we do? But they asked him after Kiddush. He didn't know, he had no idea what was going on. Obviously, it was a different world. But they came to him after Kiddush and said, Rebbe, what, what do we do? They told him the situation. He said, ah, Chaval, you didn't come to me before Kiddush. If only you would have come to me before Kiddush. It would have been a different world. I would have been able to say things during Kiddush that Poshet, that Kavonas I could have had was unbelievable. I want to move on. There's a Mayuridika Malbim, Rabbi Sai. The Malbim has a Kasha. Right? I don't know how many people are used to learning Malbim Alatoyah, but the, Ramba, the Malbim says, and he asks, if Shabbos is the Yisoyed of Emuna, what do we need it for? What do we need Shabbos to be the Yisoyed of Emuna? At the end of the day, you open up a Sefer Bereshis, you open up Harshas Bereshis, you see the Rebunshim created the world. So, your whole Emuna is because you open up a Harshas Bereshis. What's Shabbos telling you? And if you didn't believe it over there, what's Shabbos all of a sudden going to tell you? Oh, now we believe, because Rebunshim rested on Shabbos? Oh, Gavaldi, that's the Yisoyed of Emuna? Beautiful, we're going to be believing Jews. What, what does this mean? Explains the Malbim like this. The Malbim explains that Faket, Avanda Navada, we should have Amun Pshuta from the fact that the Rabbanishim created the world in Maisa Bereshis all the way in Sefer Bereshis, in Parashas Bereshis. But sometimes that's not good enough. Sometimes the person isn't holding there. What does it say on Shabbos? What do we say over here? That the Rabbanishim rested on the seventh day, no more creation. Rabbi says, says the Malbim, the biggest raya that the Rabbanishim created the world is that there is nothing new that's been created from the six days of creation until today. Nothing. Nothing new. Whatever the Rabbani Shalom created then was created. Everything after that is a man-made product. Nothing is created by Hashem. That says the Malmum is the biggest Surya that the Rabbani Shalom created the world. Because he stopped on the seventh day and nothing since then has ever been created. And therefore says the Malmum that should give a person the most tremendous chizuk when it comes to Shabbos Kodesh when it comes to our Emunah. And that's what Shabbos represents. I want to speak a few minutes about Shabbos Kodesh. I want to speak a few minutes about Shabbos Kodesh. What, what we can do to Machazik ourselves, there's a Mordek Aruch HaShulchan. The Aruch HaShulchan writes in the beginning of Chelet Gimel. He says, you know, it's very interesting that Shabbos L'Chorah is not like the other Yom and Tovim that we have throughout the year. The other Yom and Tovim we have throughout the year are Shayach to Klal Yisrael. Pesach, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Sukkot, Dainani HaKovit. Every, if you look at the Yom Yom Toivim, it's only Shaykh to Klal Yisrael. Shabbos is Shaykh to everyone, even the Goyim. Why? Because what's Shabbos about? The Rabban Shem resting after creating the world. Well, the Rabban Shem created the world, and Achanami created it for Torah, created it for Klal Yisrael, but everyone was a benefit of that, and therefore even the Goyim. So if that's the case, says the Aruch HaShulchan, Shabbos really, theoretically, is Shaykh to Goyim, it's Shaykh to all nations. But yet, the Gemara tells us in Shabbos, Matona Toiva. The Rabboni Shalom has a beautiful matana and he only gave it to Klal Yisrael. He only gave it to Klal Yisrael because we are Roy for that matana. But more than that, Rabbi Say, people are looking for brachas. People are looking for atzlocha. Rabbi Say, you know what Chazal tell us about Shabbos? Shabbos is the makar habracha. The makar, what does the makar mean? The foundation. Everything comes from there. If a person wants bracha in his life, he goes to Shabbos. Shabbos is what gives a person, whether you're looking for Hatzlocha, whether you're looking for Parnosa, whether you're looking for anything you're looking for, it's in Shabbos Kodesh. How many stories have we heard of people that went to the Chavetz Chaim and said, Rebbe, what do I do? And he said, just be Mechabal Shabbos. Keep Shabbos properly. Be Mechabal something extra for Shabbos. When a person is Mechadish to Shabbos, he's Mechadish himself. 
And it goes further than that. A yid came to Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim came to visit a certain town. And they said, Rebbe, you have to help us. There's a yid here who's Mechal Shabbos. He said, what does that mean? He said, he has a factory that um, melts metal. Now, to melt metal, you need fire. You need an oven of very, very high temperatures. And he said, it takes three days for the oven to be lit and reach the temperature. It takes three days to cool it down. If he would, if he would, not, if he would you know, close it on Shabbos, he wouldn't have one day to make the metal. So he'd be stuck. So you've you got to tell him how to do it. You've got to tell him, what should he do in order to keep Shabbos? The Chavaz Khan said, you're making a mistake. The mistake you're making is, I don't know how to do business. He knows better than me. But if I explained to him the Kedush of Shabbos, and what Shabbos represents, and what Shabbos is for a Yiddish life, then he himself will figure that out. People often ask when you learn the halachas of Shabbos, why are there so many details? What's the pshat? There's so many details. Every, everywhere you turn, there's a shail of boyer, the shail of kosher, the shail of toifet, the shail of bishul, it's a durabonon of muktzah. Who knows what it is? There's a million details. What's the pshat? Shem 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 Pinkazatzal always used to say, you know what the pshat is? The Rabboni Shalom wants you on Shabbos that wherever you turn to, you will find Shabbos. You open the fridge, you have a problem with the light, Shabbos. You tie your shoelaces, problem of kosher, Shabbos. You tell us have something on the table, there's a pen there, Shabbos. Everywhere you turn, the Rabboni Shalom wants you to find Shabbos. Because obviously there's something deeper than just the Shabbos. You know, when someone eats treif, someone doesn't eat something kosher, is he a yid? He didn't have a favor, whatever, he had a taiva, whatever it may be. When a yid doesn't keep Shabbos, that's how we define him. How do you define someone as a yid? As a shoymeh Shabbos. You're not a shoymeh kashras, not a shoymeh tefillin, not a shoymeh minyonim, shoymeh Shabbos. That is the definition of a yid. Is someone that is shoymeh Shabbos. That's what it means. But you know what Shabbos is? The relationship between us and the Rabbi Nishlalem. You know, just to give an example, we've said this before. Imagine, Baruch Hashem, you guys have been here pretty much since before El already. You're going to go back now, a few weeks' time, in Mitzvah Hashem, after Purim, and your parents are so excited. Ah, ah, Yankala came home. They're so excited. We're going to spend time with Yankala. This is Gavaldi, and they're so excited. They're going to make something special for the Shabbos Suda. And they're so excited at the end of the meal to sit and schmooze, knew what do you do? What did you learn? How did it go? Tell me the experiences. What is it? All these things. Straight after the meal, you go up to your room and you take a thousand page book. And it said, you slump down on the couch and you say, All right, I'm not going to bed until I finish this book. Your parents are like, Hello? You came to spend time with us. Where are you? We haven't been here for such a long time. We want to schmooze. The Rabbi Nishalolam says, Six days you're running around. You're busy. You're busy with your own life. We're making a pranasa. You're busy doing things. Come Shabbos. The Rebunshim says, spend Shabbos with me. Spend Shabbos. Talk to me. Build a relationship with me. Think about me. That's what Shabbos is all about. That's why wherever you go, every detail, every move you make is Shabbos. Because you're meant to find within that the relationship that you have with the Rebunshim. The Volbe used to say... You know, you can always see if a bocha has a good shmanes. How often do you find that a bocha had a good Shabbos? It was a good Shabbos. No, no, that doesn't mean that I slept for 14 hours straight. Right? That's not what it means. But I had a good Shabbos. I utilized what Shabbos represents. And that's something incredible. Something to think about. Something to think about what Shabbos is. 
We've said this before, but I'm going to say this again. A color comes for what they call the Shabbos Gehenim, right? So they call it the Shabbos Gehenim? Yeah. She comes to the future in-laws for her Shabbos, you know, to be fahed. And she shows up at the door, it's about a half an hour, 45 minutes before Shabbos. I'm going to get there too early. And uh, half an hour, 45 minutes before I'd lock us in there, she knocks on the door. All of a sudden, she hears on the other side of the door, <gasps> She's here! Oi, quick! And so she can hear this on the other side. And she's like, oh, great, okay. This is a very welcoming situation. So they open the door, and there it is. Oh, we've been waiting a whole day for you. This is Gavaldig. Wow, thank you for coming. Wow. We've possibly been sitting here waiting for you. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. We had the smashed glasses on the door. We had everybody running all over the place. The kids are, I show her her room. And she's all excited to spend a bit of time with the shviga, with the future shviga, you know, to schmooze a little bit, to hear a bit about the mishpocha, about the minhogim, what it's going to be, the chasna, the plans, the sheva brachas. So she doesn't see anyone until Lachas Neus. So Lachas Neus comes, the men go to shul, and she says, okay, maybe, maybe we'll sit on the couch together, we'll schmooze a bissel, right? We'll schmooze a bissel. And the mother in law says, listen, I'm really, really tired. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to lie down until uh, my husband and the boys come back from shore. Fine, okay, no problem. At the meal, they're busy talking about the latest politics and who won and who didn't win, who was meant to win, who was not meant to win. Was it real? Was it fake? Was it this? The whole meal, they're busy talking about this and the latest thing of the sports. Yes, yes, the Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl. Ich weiß nicht. They were busy the ganze meal discussing that she figures maybe after the meal, the men are going to go to learn, maybe a Shalom Zacher, something, or schmooze with the Schwiger, Epper, something, right? She gets over there, all of a sudden she goes, I'm, I'm exhausted, it's been a, such a week, I, I can't tell you. Mamish, I, I have to go to sleep. The, kids, the whole week goes that way, the whole Shabbos goes that way, until about 20 minutes before Mariv, already they're inching in towards her door to take off the linen already. She feels very, very welcome in the house, right? That's what she's doing over there. See this Svar Makadoshim? It's the same thing with us. Shabbos comes in. Oh, it's almost Shabbos, almost Shkia. Jump in the shower, quickly throw on a shirt. Do what you have to do. That's how you prepare for Shabbos. That's what Shabbos means to you. They just rush in there, and as soon as it's about to go out, don't worry, I know exactly to the split second when Shabbos is going to come out. I've already positioned my phone and my e cigarette in the right place so that I can be Yitzha already after Borucho, of course, obviously, right? Because I'm going to hear Borucho first, and then I'll figure out, I'll go out, and no one will see me, and I'll be able to. That, that's, that's being Mohammed Shabbos. That's what Shabbos is? Really? That's what Shabbos is all about? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a color on the way to her chuppah? Sparkling, white, fresh, beautiful wedding dress. This is the time she's been waiting her entire lifetime for this day, for this moment. And some rusher goes along and he, go, he has his car and he maneuvers his car. It's been a very rainy day in a way that he slides in right where she's going on the road and the mud just splashes all over her white, fresh wedding dress. And she screams and she faints. And the guy's in the car, he's like, what's the big deal? Well, you can't get married like this? I stopped you from getting married? Of course you can get married. Oh, she have a bit of a wet dress. No, no. She'd be like, you pierced my heart. So a person can come along and say, what, I did something wrong on Shabbos? What, I did something wrong? It wasn't Michal Shabbos. So I wasn't really speaking about the right things. I wasn't Mahabad the Shabbos. I was rushing into it, waiting it to go out. I did anything wrong? Maybe not. Oh, but you pierced the heart of Shabbos Kodesh. That's what Shabbos is all about. And that's what we have to realize. The Gemara tells us in the Shabbos that many things are one sixtieth of other things. Famously, the Gemara tells us that a sleep is a sixtieth of death. 
for some people that's actually quite a very exciting prospect, that uh, death might be actually quite exciting. But our component Shabbos, the Gemara tells us, is of a sixtieth of Olam Haba. What does that mean? What does it mean that Shabbos is a sixtieth of Olam Haba? The answer is, no coincidence, the answer is, what is Olam Haba? Olam Haba is whatever you prepare in this world. What Shabbos Kodesh? If you cook, if you clean, if you get ready, you'll have a beautiful Shabbos. If you don't cook, and if you don't prepare, and you don't get ready, you won't have a good Shabbos. So therefore, just in that little tiny minuscule idea, we understand that Shabbos represents just that small amount of Olam Haba. It represents that on this world, whatever we prepare, however we get ready, that's what our Olam Haba is going to look like. Because the more you prepare for Shabbos, the better of a Shabbos you're going to have. And therefore, the more you prepare for Olam Haba, then it's going to be the same thing when it comes to the next world. And the Maisa, the Baruch of Shabbos, the Gemara tells us in Yuma, the Mon, you could taste any taste you wanted in the Mon. Whatever you wanted to taste in the Mon, you could taste. The same thing as with Shabbos. Whatever taste you want Shabbos to have, you can have. But you have to think about it. They came to the Chobetz Chaim, they asked him a question about the Mon. You know, if a person thought about a certain taste, at least it was on that level, so you could taste something. What if a person didn't think of anything? And the Chobetz Chaim says it tasted of nothing. That's the Metzius. If you never thought about Shabbos, your Shabbos tastes of nothing. And so many people complain, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't feel it. That's not, I'm not in it. Did you ever think about it? Were you ever mechabed the Shabbos? Do you realize that the brachas that Shabbos carries with it are incredible? Let me just tell you two modica maisas. One maisa of Neuvitz itself in the Shemir Shabbos once said over. He said, Gvaldiga maisa, he was talking about his experiences in the war. And he said one time, the one time his father needed a certain medication. He needed a medication on Shabbos. And he sent him to get the medication from the doctor, from the prescription, whatever it was. And at the same time, they needed rat poison. Right? Because there was rats going on over there. They needed rat poison. So he sent him to go and get the rat poison and also the prescription for the doctor. And he went to get both. On Shabbos, his father said, Ooh, I should really take my medication now. I don't know. Am I allowed to? Am I, is there a heta refuah on Shabbos for such a thing? It's not really a cholish by sakona. So what do most people say? No. It's probably okay. You think, you think God really cares? It's probably okay. He said not that way. And he was about to take it. He had it in his hand to take it. And he said, Shabbos, you know what? I covered Shabbos. I don't need it. It's okay. I'm not a choyla. It's nothing's going to get wrong. Nothing's wrong is going to happen. I'm not going to take it. After Shabbos, he found out that he had almost taken the rat poison. He would have certainly had died if he would have taken it. Rabbi said, the stipler, when the stipler went on a shidduch with his to-be color, who he married... So it wasn't the same kind of shidduch that, you know, most of us are dreaming of. It wasn't, you know, there was no, like, fancy suits in the hotel lounge with the music playing and drinking a Diet Coke with a lemon over there. Oh, no, that's not kosher. You can't do that. You want to have a plastic cup, whatever it is. And he was sitting, you know, there's none of that champagne and the proposal with the roses. There's none of that. You know how the stapler proposed? It was a very, very romantic proposal. It was very romantic. He said to his color-to-be, he said, I want to tell you something. When I was in Siberia, so they made us work on Shabbos. I didn't want to work on Shabbos. So I went over to the, you know, the, one of the people, the generals, and I said, excuse me, what can I do not to work on Shabbos? I'll do anything, whatever you say. He says, yeah, anything? Okay, no problem. What we're going to do is we're going to line up two rows of, of soldiers. And these soldiers are going to have their gun on the other side, right? Holding it where the metal piece is. 
if you can run past and get to the other end, <coughs> then you don't have to keep Shabbos anymore. But don't worry, nobody ever makes it through. And there the sniper said, I must get my ready. The soldiers lined up. And there they were, these, these big, heavy soldiers smashing away as he's going in. Boom, boom, boom. You can imagine what was going on. I'm not going to give all the gruesome details. It was, it was Gehenim. It was so hard, but he crawled through and he made it to the other end. And when he did, he said, ah, Shabbos Kodesh. He said to his wife, that's the mysterious nefesh that I had for Shabbos. If you're willing to have the same mysterious nefesh, we'll call it a shidduch. And we'll clink the glasses. That's what the stapler did when he proposed to his wife. Let me end, Rabbi Yisrael, with one last Gavalda Gamaisa. At the beginning of the war, there was a little girl called Rivka. Rivka was seven years old at the time, beginning of the war, and it was a very sad situation. She had already lost her mother and three of her sisters. And Rivka's father and his five sons, together with Rivka, and two other daughters as well, were making their way, they were trying to make their way out of Europe before the Nazis caught up with them. So they were in Vilna. Now you can imagine, living at the time of the war was difficult, but living at the time when you had already lost a mother was even more difficult. It was an, it was an incredible thing. But there's one object that gave this Rivka a little bit of chizuk, and that was a bracelet. A beautiful silver bracelet that her mother had given to her right before she passed away. And this bracelet was not able to be worn, it was broken, but it was sentimental, it was meant so much to her, because it was given to her by her mother before she was nifta. And every night, she would go to sleep, and she would wish the bracelet good night. And every morning she woke up, she would be able to say good morning to the bracelet. It was her comfort zone. It was almost like her mother was with her, there was a piece of her mother still there. And it was the only thing that kept her going. One Friday, when the family was sitting in Vilna, the father received a message from, the, that from people that is a warning the Germans are getting closer and closer. He had no choice. He said, Rabbi Sai told his family, his remaining kids, two daughters and the five sons, he says, let's get out of here. Pack a few remaining items, whatever you can, small amount, not too much, too heavy. We're going to get a boat, we'll go across the river, hopefully we'll get to some safety. So they all pack a small little bag, they take it with them, and they get onto the boat. That's a whole situation, a whole balagan to get on the boat. They finally find the boat that's going across the river. They get on the boat. And the father says to the captain, excuse me, captain, when is this boat going to be arriving? And he says, 10 minutes after Shkia. Shabbos. So he told his kids, listen, we're on the boat. That's okay. But when we get off, we're only going to be allowed to take the clothing that is on our backs. Cannot take anything. Which was, could you imagine, they had packed their most sentimental items, whatever they could, but yet they weren't allowed to take anything. It was Shabbos. They had to get off. But to take something with them, they didn't have to. So they didn't. But the problem was, he noticed that his daughter, his daughter Rivka was looking at her bracelet. How can I part with my bracelet? She couldn't wear it. If she could wear it, obviously she could. The other kids were putting on clothing and all sorts of things. But she couldn't wear it. What could she do? And he goes over to her. And he says, my dear Rivka, I know how hard this must be for you. This is your only connection that you have to your mother. And you're going to have to say goodbye, but we've got something even more precious. And that is Shabbos Kodesh. Shabbos Kodesh is more precious. I know you miss your mother, I also miss her. But Shabbos Kodesh is very, very precious. And she takes the bracelet and she says, you're so precious to me. But Shabbos Kodesh is even more precious to me. And she gave up that bracelet. She left it on the boat and she walked off the boat.
What an incredible act of mysterious nefesh. That girl who gave up so much for Shabbos Kodesh became someone very, very special. Rebetzin Rivka Shif. Rebetzin Rivka Shif said over this story her father was the Briskarov and she was a brother of David Salavechik who was just nifter this week. But she gave up for Shabbos because she understood what Shabbos represents. Rabbi Sai, when a person keeps Shabbos, when a person is showing his Shabbos in the right way, the Rabbi Nishalalim gives him all the brachas in the world.